Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 64th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. I have a lot of basketball that we're about to talk about today. First thing we're about to get into is a little bit of NCAA basketball. I uh, know, Darnell, you're pretty excited to hear that your boy Bridges was coming back to play another year at Michigan State University. Uh, how do you guys feel about him returning? Well, yeah, I mean, it was huge news. Uh, people were saying it was, uh, then you would think that he stayed. Uh, I guess I was one of those. It was just like, how do you turn down being graded a top 10 pick and turn down that guaranteed money? But, uh, a lot of people also say that, uh, Miles is a different kind of kid. Uh, and he found a, a big connection with the school. So, yeah, it's, it's big going forward. Uh, means big things for next year, uh, with him coming back and, uh, the, I mean, even just as of right now, what they have coming in, I think that makes the team leaps and bounds better, uh, because it gives them depth in the front court. Uh, they, they should be nasty next year and still a possible, a possibility that they add another, uh, combo guard coming in. So. I'm happy about it. I'm ecstatic about it. I can't wait till next season. Yeah, you know, uh, big news if that's the team you choose to root for, Darnell. <laughs> uh, but yeah, seriously, I mean, you know, I had, you know, I said it last week, I'm a big believer in if your stock's high enough, you should go. Um, because you may not be that high again due to an injury or Really, any anything, any number of things could happen throughout the course of another another collegiate season. But you know, hey, you know, I don't blame Bridges at all. He really seems to have found a passion at the college level uh, and wants to stick that out for another year. And the reason I don't blame him is because if you leave that and hire an agent, you can't get it back. So I, I think if you know he had any doubt about going to the NBA and leaving the college, you know, scene, uh, coming back for another year is a good call on his part. You know, I, I just don't want to see a guy leave and then say, you know, well, I really wish I had those years back. It's, you know, the college game is fun and it's, it's a different world in the NBA. So he'll just have another year to grow and mature and uh, further his game. Uh, and I expect him to take some, some big leaps from last year. You know, he showed, some early promise kind of had an, er, an early injury, had kind of a little bit of a slump there toward the middle of the season and then picked it back up again in the end. So I expect him to have a way more consistent season and just further his game. You know, I still expect his stock to be high next year. I, I just feel like he's built for the NBA. And I believe his game's there for the NBA. Uh, I'd like to see him try and shoot it a little bit more next year for the NBA, uh, for the scouts to really get a good look at him shooting the ball. Uh, but but I, I feel he's he's plenty ready right now, so he'll only be even more ready next year. All right, now uh, I know people was talking about how you know national championship for Michigan State. Uh, do y'all think just with him returning, uh, this is going to be a championship caliber team? Not just from him returning. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a big like it's a big get like. Almost like they re-recruited him almost, but like it, 
it puts them in a much better place. But I think him along with the recruiting class they had coming in because Michigan State's issue this year is they had no depth uh, with the big guys. So there was Ward and, and Kenny Goins, and once both of them were getting foul trouble, they were playing really small ball when they had to start this game small ball. Ward's home six eight six nine, uh, so he 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 did an amazing job. But he was guarding bigger players all year. Bridges had to play a lot of the four spot, uh, but with uh, Xavier Tillman and and uh, Jaron Jackson coming in, uh, who are both six eleven players, so Jackson was already penciled in and probably playing the four spot. Uh, they'll probably still keep Ward playing the five. Uh, but having that, you can move Bridges to the three, which would probably be his NBA position. Uh, once he fills out a little bit more and with that athleticism, so he'll be able to grow back into the position he's playing. He'll be playing in position instead of out of position. Uh, and I think they'll get back to that. Michigan State type of defense where you get one shot on them and they're back up to court. Uh, uncharacteristically, they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds this year, and that's not normal for his old coach team. Uh, but they were so short, you just there was no handling it. Uh, but things will change coming up where now you have a couple six ten, six eleven bodies coming in, and also looks like they should. Uh, also get Gavin Schilling back coming off the bench, another, uh, bigger forward, uh, senior forward. So, uh, I think that just being able to replenish spots like that will, uh, on top of getting miles back makes them a top five caliber team that you have to look at as a mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. The depth will be real good for them next year. Uh, and, you know, all those young players they had last year are just now with another year of experience under their belt. So, you know, I, I expect them to be very good. Uh, I believe they'll start the year as a top five team. Uh, a lot of that will depend on, you know, how, like, Kentucky's rooting class finishes up, how Duke's recruiting class finishes up. Um, but I expect them to be right there in the conversation and be in it throughout the entire year. Um, they'll be scary in March, but, you know, the problem being, you know, single elimination tournament, anything can happen, anyone can hit a buzzer beater. So, you know, to say, you know, are they going to be the favorite to win the national championship? I don't know. Uh, it's just so hard to tell in the NCAA tournament. But, uh, like I said, they'll be in that conversation all year. I expect them to be there. Uh, and I expect them to make a big All right, now, what other players uh, caught you guys' eyes so far with their decision to stay or leave? You know, my man Grayson Allen decided to return for his senior year. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest one, the, the habitual triple. Uh, Grayson, Grayson Allen coming back for another season. Uh, probably actually a good decision for him, just because he didn't really have a great year this year. And, and being with how the, this is looked at as a pretty good, uh, draft class for the NBA this year. So I think he's one of those players that could get lost in the shuffle. 
uh, especially with the behavioral issues he had this year. Uh, I think coming back would be good for him to uh, try to clean that up. Maybe uh, be a bigger fish in the in the the draft pond uh, for next year. Maybe help himself make some more money as long as he stays out. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. You know, uh, Grayson Allen coming back, kind of a surprise because he's kind of had a few pretty good years where he, you know, basically was going to be a lock in the draft, whether that be first or second round. Uh, kind of tough to determine, but uh, yeah, I thought he, I thought he would leave. Um, another player that I'm not really surprised left because I feel like his body's ready for the NBA. Is Jason Tatum from uh, from Duke as well? Uh, he's going in. He he turned it on late in the year. Um, so you know when when your stock gets pretty high toward the end of the year, you know you see a lot of players leave. Uh, a couple that I'm surprised have declared, but have not hired agents. Both from Michigan, uh, Mo Wagner. I'm really surprised by him choosing to at least work out and get a pre-draft grade. I figured he would go ahead and return. Um, but DJ Wilson, I know you, Darnell, said you wouldn't be surprised if he went. He's declared but has not hired an agent, so he could possibly come back. So those are two you know, I have an eye on. But, uh, you know, two that I'm very happy have decided to go into the NBA are Deer Fox and Malik Punk. Those guys can just score the basketball, and I think they'll be fun to watch at the NBA level once they mature in the NBA a little bit. They'll get a little more size on them. Um, I think that they could be a lot of fun to watch. I feel like uh, Malik Monk has potential to be a Devin Booker type where he can just light it up and sh- if he gets hot shooting the ball. Uh, probably won't do a ton much else for your team, but uh, you know, I feel like he has that Devin Booker style where he can just light up the, light up the scoreboard. And then I think I we're all... Pre- yeah, go ahead. I was saying, but I guess people are worried about his height as well, though, since yeah. he's more of a scoring guard, not a point guard. But yeah. I guess uh, to bring up another Spartan, to his credit, like he may be proof that it can be done is uh, Gary Harris. Yeah. 6'3", 6'4", playing two guard, but he's blossoming into something nice for Denver. Yeah, you know, he, he's putting up he, like 18 a game this year. Yeah, he's playing real solid for Denver. You know, he, he kind of got a you know, and granted, it's what it takes. You know, he got a break. They had a lot of injuries, and that kind of forced him into playing time. You know, you know, whatever it takes, though, right? Um, yeah. You know, and then I think, you know, I guess for my last player, we're all happy that Lonzo Ball's going. <laughs> and now that uh, Lavar has hit the scene, I think we're all kind of excited to watch what unfolds next between all of them. So I know I am. I'll admit it. If they came out with a basically like a hard knocks for the NBA and just made it about. Lonzo and Lafar. Yeah. I'd be tuning in. <laughs> be ESPN 30 for 30 down the road, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, you know, when it comes to leaving or staying for the NBA draft, we get more surprised when players leave than when they stay. Um, you know, I, I don't think we can ever blame somebody for doing either. Um, but I think when someone stays, you know, you just come with the mindset of, you know, the college game is just a little different. You know, they love the intensity that that brings. And if they go for the NBA, it's just kind of like, all right, they're just ready to make the paycheck. 
So, you know, I'm never one to blame anybody, but I always get a little more surprised when players leave for the NBA because, you know, we always speculate, oh, they're leaving too soon. Um, you never hear somebody choosing to stay and go, or, and then we hear people start to say, you know, oh, that's a huge mistake because if they're good enough to leave, they'll be good enough to still make their money next year. All right, guys. Now, is there anything else you have left out for the NCAA before we move on about uh, in the NBA? Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna forego a bunch of Grayson Allen jokes. All right, about <laughs> him staying. So okay, <laughs> I can tell you guys that. All right. Okay, we're about to get into some NBA right now, uh, particularly the playoffs. Uh, the first series that we're about to discuss is Atlanta versus Washington. Uh, that current, it's currently, uh, one to zero. Washington has it. Uh, they're currently playing right now as we speak. So, uh, see if Atlanta can tie it up. But what are your guys' thoughts on this, uh, matchup of teams? Well, Trey, I, I know you, uh, picked Washington to, I believe represent the East. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I know you have very high hopes for them. I actually really like this Washington team. I've liked them all year. Uh, the backcourt has finally taken shape for them. Uh, Bradley Beals, I guess, currently healthy. Yeah. Uh, John Wall has taken his game to really another level. He's getting everybody involved and still scoring the ball, which, um, usually you see. A point guard take a hit and some points if they start to raise the assist totals. But he's kind of kept both rising, which has been huge for that team. And, you know, they got Gortat just kind of keeping track of the middle of the floor. And he's doing it both ends and getting physical and swinging arms and <laughs> doing everything else. Uh, you know, they, they just have a nice roster. I, I, I like Marquise Morris. Uh, you know, I just feel like they have what it takes to give any team a run. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they play Cleveland, uh, if they give them just about all they can handle, even if it's over in five or six games, I still think it'd be a very tough five or six games for Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, this one's going probably just how yeah. expected. Uh, Atlanta's. They're, they're, they're in, they're playing hard, but I just feel like Washington just has too much form. And like you said, Todd, <clears throat> coming in late in the season, like they, they seem to have gelled. Uh, and like I said, the backcourt is, they're, they're scary right now. John Wall is, he's looking like that unguardable point guard that we expected to become. But, uh, also, getting teammates involved and figuring out how to play together, which is a scary thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for for Atlanta, I just feel like their problem is their depth. I mean, once I mean they in reality they only go about six or seven deep in terms of when they bring in you know eight and ninth guy production goes way down. Um, and, you know, that's not a knock on anybody. I'm not saying any of those guys are just bad players. But I think it's just the fact that when you look at uh, who 
Washington brings off the bench. You know, they're bringing off, you know, Bogdanovich. He can score the ball. Uh, you know, they got, uh, Jennings, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he can, he can be a nice addition for any bench. You know, so if, for me, it's, it's the fact that Washington just has a little more to offer you. Um, you know, Dwight Howard hasn't, hasn't really been the same since basically he left the Lakers, in my opinion. Even there, it was a little sketchy, but, uh, he just isn't the same player he once was. You think uh, we'll ever see the old Dwight Howard, or you think it's basically a wrap? No. I mean, I'm not saying we won't see flashes of it ever again, but we'll never see the same consistency. I mean, he he, he had a couple of good years in, in Houston, but, you know, I, I just don't – we'll never see the Orlando Dwight Howard again. Yeah, no, he's yeah. not going to be that dominant player anymore. No. no. Um, I mean, he – I, I don't really know. It's like he doesn't have much offensive game. His defense is okay. He'll rebound the ball a little bit, but he's he's not doing anything very well. He's not a dominant force. I mean, he's probably one of the biggest guys I've seen in the NBA. I mean, he is broad. He's he's just big. Uh, you're not moving him at all, and I just feel like he doesn't take advantage of it anymore like he used to. So, you know, I, I just feel like that. Atlanta just has a few holes that I that I don't like. Um, I mean, I I love some of the players they have. You know, Schroeder at point guard, Millsap, Hardaway. You know, Hardaway had a nice second half of the year for them. Uh, I I just don't know. They don't really have the experience, but they also don't really have the complete roster either. So, I mean, Washington not having the experience. At least has a better roster to put on the floor. In my opinion. Yeah, I can respect that. Uh, you have anything else to add to that, Darno? No. Okay. All right, up next we have Milwaukee versus Toronto. Uh, the series tied 1 1. Uh, Toronto would have been up 2 0, honestly, especially with uh, Milwaukee. Not having a key guy with, uh, Parker, but they're grinding it out, yeah. man. It's tied one to one. Uh, you know, you was telling me through text, uh, Darnell about, you know, just how pretty good, uh, you believe this Milwaukee team, uh, could compete against Toronto. So it's looking like it, man. If they keep it up, uh, this could be a heck of a series. Yeah. I mean, just, I just feel like Milwaukee is that team, even though they don't have a great regular season record, they're just, they're a tough matchup for anybody. They're just one of those teams where they're lanky, they're long, and they play really good defense. Mm-hmm. So they they just make life hell for whoever they're up against on a night to night basis. They they're not more talented than anybody, but just they can they can just wreak havoc because of mm-hmm. and uh, that's just what I saw there with this group. Uh, Coming into this game, this when I once I saw this series, I was like, "Wow, they can, they they might be able to cause some problems here." Yeah, you know, I, the one thing I kind of laughed about was, you know, uh, Kyle Lowry hit that nice, really iced it for them in game two, but then at, 
after game two in a lot of in the interviews, they were saying, yeah, you know, we've, we finally figured out Anakumpa. And I'm going, there's 82 games in the regular season. They're in your conference. And you're just now figuring them out. <laughs> like, you should, you should have been figured, you should have had him figured out. Like, if you stop him, you're stopping the team. He's a stat sheet stuffer. He does, yeah, he, he does it beast, all for them. Man. Yeah. Yeah, he does, he does it all for them. And, I mean, he, I think he could win most improved player of the year. Um, I think he's definitely right there in that discussion. Um, he's a, he's a great player. They have a lot of nice young talent there in Milwaukee. Um, I'm, I'm with you, Trey, though I'm surprised it's not two nothing Toronto. Yeah. Um, Rosen had a very quiet game one. I don't think he, he didn't do a whole lot there, yeah. but Lowry and DeRose both played better game two. I think their experience will win them this series. Uh, their hunger to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, is going to be a little too much for Milwaukee to match up with. But, um, yeah, I'm surprised this one's tied at ones. Um, personally, I probably would have picked Toronto in the sweep. It'll be interesting to see how Milwaukee plays at home, uh, see if they can at least split again. Uh, they just need to avoid losing both at home, really. I think once they get home with their crowd, they'll they'll give them a run. I think they'll they might be able to take one at home. Yeah, and I and I think they can take one at home. Um, I just don't want, per personally, I just don't want to see Milwaukee, you know, kind of either lose, like lose embarrassingly bad, you know, get blown out by forty, which they potentially could against Toronto. Uh, if, you know, Anacumbo's not hitting his shots, uh, if they're not, you know, protecting the rim, if DeRozan gets real hot, like, I feel like they could easily blow Milwaukee out in a couple of games. Um, but like I said, I think their home crowd will have them energized. I think they'll be, I think they'll be ready to play. Let me ask you about your, uh, dog kid, Darnell. Um, I know you've always followed him, uh, when he actually played on the court, but how, what do you think about his, uh, coaching so far? I mean, I think he's done an admirable job. Two years with Milwaukee, not having, you know, their start that they were building around two years in a row, losing him. Uh, and I think he's done a great job. I think he, I think he's been a big part of grooming, uh, Giannis, uh, and Kumpo. Yeah. So I think I have to give him a lot of credit with what he's done, uh, Building off of this, uh, hopefully, uh, they can stay healthy for a whole year. So, so they can see what, what they can be totally healthy and, you know, keep getting some pieces that they can move around and <clears throat> build this team. I, I'd like to see what he can do with a full roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you know, I know they got Chris Middleton back. Uh, he had a, uh, yeah. crazy injury, but you know, as soon as he got ready to come back, Jabari, uh, got hurt again. So, um, you know, he's doing his thing right now in the playoffs. Um, but that would be, I would really like to just see how he could, uh, handle this full team, uh, a full healthy Milwaukee Bucks team. Uh, I think they can really do damage, uh, especially with a completely healthy roster. So looking forward to see what he can do, uh, next year and beyond, man. 
But all right, guys, you guys have anything else to add for this particular series? No, this one could potentially get to seven games. Okay. Like, I, I think this is, this is one that I would pick to potentially get to seven. Yeah, if one did, I would go with this one too. Yeah, you know, I can agree with that as well. You know, just looking at, um, all these teams, uh, that we got so far. Yeah, I can agree with that as well. So. All right. Up next, we have Indiana and Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's doing their thing right now. Uh, you know, Indiana, I know Paul George called out by my guy Lance Stevenson, uh, talking about he needs to tone it down a little bit. Uh, but it's good to see. I've seen some flashes of the old Lance Stevenson, you know, back when he was with Indiana a couple of years back. That was my guy. So, um, <laughs> it's good to see those little heat flashes of him again, man. But hopefully they can step it up and get some wins against Cleveland, though. You guys think this is going to be a sweep or how are you feeling about this Indiana team against Cleveland? I mean, they've, they've kept the game, both games relatively close. It just seems like it's one of those situations where they just, they really just don't have enough to get over the hump against a team like this. Uh, or, uh, next game will be in Indiana. So, you know, the, the old adage for, for a playoff series, it's not a series until somebody loses at home. Yeah. So, yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but I mean, I, I, I just don't think they, they have enough firepower to deal with Cleveland. Even, even Cleveland that I don't think is a very good team. Uh, I think they're atrocious on the defensive end, but I just, I just don't think Indiana is a team that can, uh, scare. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm feeling the same. You know, I think Cleveland. Should get past the series, no problem. I expect, I expect them to win game three and be in line for the sweep. Uh, then Indiana might win one, try to save some space, uh, kind of throw, throw all they got right at Cleveland just to try and win one and not have the embarrassment of getting swept. But, you know, for me, the reason I think Cleveland probably will sweep this series is just because it, at all the key positions, they're just better. Mm-hmm. You know, Kyrie Irving over Jeff T, LeBron over Paul George, and Kevin Love over Miles Turner. I mean, I'll, I'll take Cleveland and all three of those positions over the Pacers. Um, you know, it, it didn't hurt Cleveland adding Darren Williams. It didn't hurt them adding Kyle Korver either. It just gives them a little more depth, a couple more options to go to. Uh, you know, like Jeff T comes off the floor, they're taking a hit. Paul George comes off the floor, they're taking a hit. At least if LeBron's off the floor, they could throw in Kyle Korver and he could rack up six or nine points. Uh, I wouldn't trust many players coming off of that Indiana bench to get you nine points. So talking about Lance Stevenson, just like Terry's talking about. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, sorry, I, he, he needs to blow in somebody's ear first. <laughs> he needs to blow in somebody's ear before he becomes the old Lance Stevenson. So, right. you know, just uh, I just feel key positions. Cleveland has the big advantage, uh, but like you said, their defense isn't there. Their defense is very poor right now. They're giving up just about anything and everything. So. I wouldn't be surprised if the series stays close in terms of the score, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being the sweep either. Okay. 
Now you brought up uh, Darren Williams, uh, Tyler. Um, I know we're only two games into the playoffs with the uh, Cleveland Indiana series, uh, but how how do you think he's uh, helped Cleveland so far, uh, particularly in the playoffs? Well, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's been an All Star, a guy who's played in the Western Conference Finals, uh, to be your backup point guard. I don't see there being anything possibly wrong with that situation. Uh, the guy has the experience. He can play. Uh, he's, I believe he's found his role with the team. He's comfortable with them now. Um, I actually really like having a veteran backup point guard as opposed to just throwing some young guy in that position. Yeah. I know they drafted Kay Felder uh, out of Oakland University. Him, yeah, develop more, man. Yeah, I, I would... I, I mean, like Darren you know, Williams, look, though, you, you know. Yeah, it's it's very hard to pass on him. You know, he was, you know, at one time, Darren Williams was a top three point guard in the league. Yeah. Um, and we we see some moments of that. I mean, what did he have, 35 in one of the last regular season games of the year? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, you know he, he lit it up. So, for me, where I think he's helping Cleveland is the experience. I mean, I don't think. You know, I'm not saying Kyrie Irving doesn't have enough experience or anybody else in that roster doesn't have enough experience, but it's just having another guy that you could trust if you have to have the ball in his hands. And, and I don't think that could ever be overvalued. Yeah. Like he's doing exactly what they expected. It's pretty much what LeBron wanted. If 10, 15 minutes a game, if, if we have to take Kyrie off the court, um, or if LeBron comes off the court, there's another ball handler that can facilitate. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that was basically the role that they needed for him. Like he's not needed to put up a bunch of points. They don't need him to get 10 assists. He just needs to come in, play his 10, 15 minutes. If he, if he hits some open shots, cool. Just find a couple people open just as long as the ball keeps flowing. And that's what they need offensively. Uh, Cleveland is a a light type team. They they need ball movement. They hit. They are more of a perimeter shooting team. So you need another point guard that could that could do that and not be a or not know the right pass to make in this offense. So it was just a veteran guy that could that they could fit in, keep the game. Yeah. All right, guys, how about Chicago and Boston? Um, I know I heard some people say it was Boston possibly the worst number one seed in NBA history. Um, I just don't know. Uh, I know this team is down uh, 0-2 right now, but uh, the key thing is I just don't know where Isaiah Thomas is at, you know, mentally. You know, this was a guy that was just crying a couple minutes right before the game. Um, a couple of days ago, which rightfully so, you know, his sister passed uh, away through a car accident. Um, but I just don't know how, where he's at mentally, how his teammates know how to, you know, comfort him and so forth. You know, does this guy really actually feel like playing um, after going through such a, such a tragic loss um, in his life right now? And plus, he's playing against some a team that has two, two great veterans in uh, Rondo, and Wade, these guys got championship experience, great playoff experience. Uh, they know how to play against a young team like uh, Boston. So I just, you know, Boston is an inexperienced uh, 
young, very young team coming into the playoffs, and then plus with Isaiah Thomas with his loss and what he's going through right now, I just you know I can understand people saying this possibly might may be the worst number one seed team in the NBA history, but I just don't know with just what's going on right now behind the scenes and everything like that. But uh, it's definitely looking bad for Boston right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's looking bad for him. Uh, definitely, I agree there. I, I I'm not sure how much I put on Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he definitely he has a lot on his mind, but in game one that they lost, put up 33, uh, had six boards and six assists. Like I think he did his job. Uh, the only other people on the team who really say had a pulse were Al Horford and Avery Bradley. Uh, there were only, only other two people in double figures in, yeah. in that first game. So I, I just think it comes down to, it, you know, it, after all the work that they did during the regular season, the NBA is, once it, once you get to the playoffs, it's kind of like, I, if, if you have a really good set of like three stars, you can beat a lot of teams that's off the strength of that. Yeah. And, you know, Wade, Rondo, and Butler have come to life. You know, game one, Butler played his tail off, put up 30. Uh, Wade and Rondo combined for another 22. And then in game two, where Bulls just ran away with it, you know, both Wade and Jimmy Butler put up 22 each. Yeah. And, you know, Rondo was looking like he turned the clock back a few years, you know, 11 points, 14 dimes last night. That's, like that's a vintage Rondo game. It's one rebound from a triple double. Yeah. When you you have that caliber of, of players in your starting lineup, and I mean, and I'm not even mentioning Robin Lopez played a great yeah, game. Yeah, he had a great game yeah, too. Him too. Yeah. Yeah. Meritich has been consistent, and the Bulls just have their players stepping up at the right time. Outside of the one that you know is going to step up for Boston, nobody else is stepping up to the challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Could not agree more with that synopsis. Um, just Chicago's playing like they want advance and Boston's too busy pointing the finger. So uh, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a one seated team look so dysfunctional on the court. Uh, you know, you got guys yelling at each other. You got Marcus Smart giving the finger to the crowd. You know, like they, they literally are just out of sorts. Um, and you know, there's, there's really no one person to blame. It's, it's a team thing. You know, it's everybody to blame at this point. And they're down 0-2, need to figure something out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and win game three. Uh, but, like I said, like you were saying, Darnell, Chicago just has it right now, and they look really good. Um, you know, I really like the contribution they're getting from some unlikely guys. You know, Robin Lopez, I don't think anybody is expecting to score over 10 points at all. Um, he's filling it up. You know, they're, they're getting good play out of, uh, Wade, and not a lot of people would have expected him to play very well coming off the injury. And, you know, he's looking like he hasn't missed the beat. Um, so I just really like the way Chicago's playing. I really dislike the way Boston's playing. 
Um, in terms of them being the worst number one seed ever, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with them being in, in an O2 hole. Um, granted, I don't, I don't like their roster for an NBA title run. I think they're a little under, I think they're a lot undersized. Um, they'll get pushed around by bigger teams out rebounded. Um, and in reality, you know, Jimmy Butler's just having his way on the floor. He's pushing whoever's guarding him around. Wade's playing with some finesse, really hitting some tough, some tough jumpers. Uh, like I said, Rondo's looking like it's 2007, 2008. Uh, I, I almost don't know what to say about what we're watching because it is the exact opposite of what I would expect, would have expected. Yeah, so is it basically safe to say do you guys think it's over for Boston or you still give them a little I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's over because if they come out and win the next two, everybody goes, Oh yeah, we, we knew this was this was a pretty good Boston team, you know. Yeah. It, any anything can happen. If they come out and win game three, people will reevaluate the way we're looking at the series. If they take both in Chicago and then you know, a lot of people say, Yeah, Boston will win the series, so I think it's game three is going to be a big one. If Chicago goes up 3-0, I will say yes, definitely Boston's done. Um, you know, I, I just think that they need that, that Boston team needs to, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya real quick because they need, they need to get it together. All right. I just don't see how they come and win two games in the shot. So, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable saying I think they, they're probably done for. I, I don't mind eating my words if I'm wrong on it, but mm-hmm. just looking at it right now, I I just don't see they don't have a person on their team that can stop Jimmy Buff. And if if Wade and Rondo played like this away from home, like how are yeah. they playing yeah. at home? And Robin Lopez too. If he if he's putting up double digits two nights in a row in Boston, like what are they going to do comfortably? Mm-hmm. They they might win by thirty next game. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anything left to say for the Eastern Conference? Uh, the playoff bracket. Nah, I think, I think just real quick, you know, the question coming in was, will Boston make it? to the Eastern Conference Finals when they make it out of the Eastern Conference. Uh, I mean, I don't think Boston's a scare for them at all right now. Uh, and a lot of people thought that could be the the one team to really hang with them. I wouldn't give them a snowball's chance in hell as of now. Um, so I guess you know, Trey, you're looking at yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Boston would give Cleveland a run at all. Okay. Um, you know, as of now, it looks like the team with the best shot is going to be your Wizards. Yeah. You agree with that, Darnell? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> because of how bad defensively Cleveland is, uh, Boston might match up a little better with them. But I just, they, they would probably give up so many points just because Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving would be washed just because they would probably average 35 against each other. Uh, cause neither one of them really care to guard anybody. 
they don't have a single person that can cover LeBron and Kevin Love take a pick. He probably have somebody from lunch on, on Boston's team as well. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't pick Boston in a series against them, but they, they honestly probably match up a little better with them than Chicago, just because Chicago actually does have some defensive intensity. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, start the Western uh, Conference off with their playoff bracket. We're going to go with San Antonio and Memphis. Uh, San Antonio's up 2-0 right now against Memphis. I know uh, their coach, uh, Memphis coach David Fisdale, he's pretty fired up uh, post-game for game two, talking about just with the foul calls and everything. Um, but how do you guys feel about this matchup? Uh, you think it's safe to say San Antonio is going to sweep it? They got it in the bag or what? How you guys feel? I mean, it's looking like they want to sweep it. I mean, neither game has been really close. 14-point win most recently in, what, 19, two games ago? Yeah. Or no, 29, actually, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just uh, the Spurs are being the Spurs. Not, like, not really, like, nobody's talking about them, but you know, they, they just go in, they they get them dubs. Yeah. Uh, and everybody's playing well as, as expected. You know, you got Kawhi and Aldrich pretty much destroying them. <laughs> and, you know, they, they're, they're playing Spurs basketball. Not really exciting, but get can't the job stop done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of. They they just have that you know lunch pail mentality. You bring it every day and you go to work. Yeah. Um, you know I I think it's safe to say the Spurs are going to win the series. I wouldn't be surprised if they do sweep. Um, you know Kawhi Leonard's the new face of the Spurs. Uh, Tony Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili are still around, but they're filling more role role spots for the team and. You know, it doesn't look like they're missing Tim Duncan too much. So, you know, Pop's still doing his thing. And I would love to see the Spurs play the Warriors in the final, in the Western final. Yeah. I think that's kind of what everybody wants to see at this point. So, you know, I'm going to be pulling for the Spurs the, the whole way to the Western Conference finals. I will say, though, uh, in terms of Memphis, I l- I loved hearing their coach really get in, defend those players, yeah. call out the reps. I, w- I was all for that. You know, he, he feels that, you know, his players aren't getting the fouls called. They're not getting the same respect. But the thing is, he sees his guys out there getting frustrated, and he's, like, picking up their frustration for them. And I think as a coach, that is that is very important. Um, he's yeah. trying, yeah, he, he's trying to really rally his guys, say, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Got fined 30,000 and the players picked it up for him. Like, that's just great stuff to see. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not one for, you know, going out and just blaming refs or anything like that, but calls were a little lopsided. Well, they were kind of a lot lopsided, but <laughs> it's, it, and, and I agree with him because you know, with Mark Gasson, Zach, and Zach Randolph, you're down low, pounding the ball inside, yeah. and you're not, 
you're, you're not going to get fouls. I mean, not too many teams play down low as much as Memphis does, but you usually get the calls when you go down low. And for them to not get many calls is pretty, pretty absurd. I mean, what Kawhi Leonard shot more free throws than the whole entire Memphis team. Yep. Like something like that shouldn't happen in, in, a, in any game. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying just this one that, that one player should not outshoot a team in free throws. Yeah, especially uh, that, like you said with that grinded out, uh, yeah, it's, basketball at this place. So it's a little ridiculous. Um, but you know, despite the ref situation, despite uh, you know what Memphis believes, uh, the Spurs are just a better team, and I expect that to still be the case moving forward. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else to add for this game, guys? No. Okay. Up next, we have Utah and the L.A. Clippers. Uh, this series is tied 1-1 right now. A little bit nervous for the Clippers, to be honest. Um, I think especially with Gobert uh, getting injured, um, you know, first 13 seconds of the game, I think they should have pounced on that and uh, definitely been up 2-0. Uh, but Utah, they've been sticking with them uh, so far. But uh, definitely believe with a guy like Gobert, what he brings – uh, especially to the defense side of Utah. Um, you know, I think definitely uh, the Clippers should have stuck it out and won the first game and been up too well. But uh, how do you guys feel about this matchup? I'm, I'm kind of with you, Trey. I, I do feel that there should be some concern for the Clippers. Uh, granted, they only won game two by eight, uh, eight points. Yeah. Um, so it's not like they handled them without Gobert in. Uh, there, it's still there for Utah. Um, I would, I would like to see Utah move on. I, I like their team. I like some of the young talent that they have. And I also just think that the window for the Clippers is long gone and they're not going to get that championship they thought they would get with this roster. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see another team kind of start moving up in the ranks in the Western Conference. Um, Gordon yeah. Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Gordon Hayward is the leader of that team, and I don't think there's much question about that. Yeah. Uh, Joe Johnson has proved to be a very nice addition for them. Um, you know, he brings some some experience, some leadership. Uh, I mean, he made the big buzzer beater in game one, so yeah. can't, can't get much bigger than that for him. Um, but just the age of the Clippers, I think, is catching up to him. Uh, I... I actually, you know, I expect Utah to win this, win this series. I think it'll take six or seven, but I expect them to win it. You expect Utah? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, you kind of answered what I was about to ask, Tyler. Mm-hmm. You all were saying you guys have concern for the Clippers. It's like concern, like, Trey, are you one of those still, you know, holding out that the Clips actually have an outside chance of making it to the finals or Eastern Conference finals or something like that? Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it to the finals, man. Uh, you know, I, I think you know, after last year, uh, when it fell, even, even though I believe, yeah, Chris Paul had an injury, I think it was time for them to, uh, break the team up apart. Um, I think they're being a little stubborn right now, just in believing in themselves, but I think it's got to get to the point where Doc got to say, okay, uh, Blake or, you know, Chris Paul or um, DeAndre Jordan, uh, I'm going to have to part ways with one of you guys is bringing some talent or something because I just – I could see them going the second round, but I don't – 
think that they'll be able to make it to the uh, Western Conference Finals. Uh, I think this team, they need to blow it up. So that's just how I'm feeling with okay. it. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I mean, the ceiling I had for the Clippers this year, probably even before the playoffs started, was probably a second round exit. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like they're, that, that window has been shut and they put bars on it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not opening back up. Unless, this version, I should say. Yeah. Uh, I agree this time, like, in the off season is probably time to see what you can get for Blake. I think that's really your only tradable piece where you can get some pieces. Yeah. Uh, you might be able to get, like, maybe something for DeAndre Jordan, but I just feel like his, uh, free throw deficiencies kind of hold back anybody who really want to throw out yeah, anything. Especially crunch time, fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for a player that you might not be able to keep on the court in the fourth. Uh, he, he's athletic, he's good defensively, but, you know, you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to get one eye every two free throws when you're center. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I feel like Blake's probably on the move if, if they're smart. Uh, I'm not sure what you're getting with Chris Paul these days. I'm not sure how many, how many is upper level. Years he has left anyway. Yeah. So I think Blake is, is the one that you start shopping just because he still has a lot of, he still has four or five all star level years left to him, I think. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, as far as the series goes, it, it, what you should have for a four or five matchup, you should be the two teams that are most evenly matched. Uh, with you guys, when the bear went out, you would have thought, the Clippers would have smelled blood and pounced on it, but nope. They, yeah, yeah. They let Utah stay in, stay ahead, and they let old Iso Joe get them yeah. uh, at the end of that game winner. Uh, they, they came back and brought it a little more in game two. Came out with an eight point victory, but it, still think it should have been a larger margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so. Now, how do you? So, yeah, this is one that will probably go six or seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you actually, you think Utah? Uh, do, are you siding with Tyler as well, uh, Darnell? You think Utah might pull this off, or what do you think? <laughs> if ha, have we heard it? Like, I, I didn't even watch last game. Was Go Bear fine? Well, he didn't. Like, he didn't play. I, I he didn't his. play game two, and and that's why we're concerned with it only being an eight point victory for. The Clippers yeah. in game two. Um, I, I haven't heard whether he's out playing. Like, I think we'll hear I, a couple hours before game time, but. Okay. Last I heard, he didn't like tear anything. Yeah, there was no, yeah, there no, was no structural da- yeah. damage, but stat yeah. is still uncertain. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it comes down to that. Yeah. If I, he, I if he makes it back on the court, I would probably lean more Utah, but if he's not playing. Yeah. Yeah. LA can probably win four games by five to eight points each and you know sneak by it might not be impressive but they they have the talent where they should uh be a a length in utah yeah yeah i think if uh gobert if he can come back uh in game three or game four uh utah i'm gonna side with utah but if uh if it's late like a game five or so um, I'm going to go side with the Clippers on this one. 
Uh, just very disappointed in that first game performance. Uh, when they, when he came out and, uh, got injured with the first, within the first 13 seconds of the game, should have been, okay, we're about to kill this team, but still lost mm-hmm. the game. So, uh, very disappointed in that. But, uh, yeah, either way, I only see this team possibly going second round. Um, and that's it. So sad to see. All right, guys. Uh, up next, we have Portland and Golden State. Uh, Portland is down uh, zero to one, I believe. Uh, Golden State. Uh, I believe you guys said before the show that um, Durant he's not going to be able to uh, play tonight. Um, should they Golden State have any concern? Yeah, he's been ruled out for tonight. Yeah, should they have any concern with his injury or anything? And you still think they should dominate Portland uh, with Durant out? Like, how do you guys feel? I don't think they should be concerned. I mean, he'll be back by next game, probably. Uh, if they, if they were, if they had to wait till I mean, an hour and a half, two hours before game time before they ruled him out, yeah. he, he's not that, that bad off. So he'll probably be back by game, game three. Uh, they have one game cushion. I'm pretty sure they want to win both your games at home. Uh, but, you know, Portland is capable of going off. They, they have some scores on that team. So, uh, I, I wouldn't say, I'm, I'm not saying Golden State's losing this game, but I'm not guaranteeing a victory either since they're not at full strength. Cause, you know, mm-hmm. McCullum and, and Lillard, they, they can go off. They, they did in the game, in game one. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They, they, they were, Pretty much neck and neck with Golden State up until the fourth quarter where Golden State pulled away. But uh, those two players combined seven five against them. Uh they they need a little bit more help from others on the team, but you know, a, a lot of times if you can have two players combined seven five points probably win the game against pretty much anybody else like, outside of a loaded Golden State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's any concern about KD being out. Kind of like you said, Portland has the ability to score the ball. But the only problem is that comes from two guys. Uh, They went off in the first game and still lost by more than a couple of points. Mm -hmm. So I just think Golden State, their defense is too good for Portland. I mean... uh, Draymond Green's just an animal. Uh, he killed it on the defensive end of the floor, especially in the fourth quarter in game one. Uh, I just don't see Portland having an answer for that. Um, I don't think I'm ever concerned with Golden State offensively. Uh, they'll be what they are shooting the three. It's just whether it goes in or not. Um, but I think more so it's the fact that Golden State limits teams. They Draymond rebounds the ball. They all try to get in on the rebounding. Um, and Portland's just going to be dependent on what McCollum and Lillard can do. Um, it hurts to only have a couple options offensively and that's all they are where Golden State has four guys on the floor just about all times they can score. So they just have more firepower. They just have a you know, a little bit more to offer on both ends of the floor. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Golden State tries to 
slow down Lillard and McCollum. I don't think you can stop them, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do to try and slow them down tonight. <clears throat> and yes, I, I see a sweep here. See a sweep? Oh. Yes, I see a sweep. How you feeling, Darnell? I won't, I, won't, I won't be surprised. I think probably Portland gets one of their home games. Okay. So probably five game series. So, okay. so, so you don't think that Portland's going to win this in five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Right. <laughs> Let's see, man. Yeah, I I couldn't believe anybody said that. <laughs> you know people that said that? Yeah, players on Portland. Oh, hey, 420's they, they almost were, they, here, man. They might have been smoking that <laughs> stuff. So they, they, yeah, they were saying we're not. Yeah, they came out and said, you know, basically we're not scared of anybody. Uh, we can we can play with anybody in the league. Hey, getting ready for 420, dog. It's all right. It's it's legal in Oregon. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, they 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 puffing up, man. But all right, guys, uh OKC versus Houston. Uh Houston leads this 1-2-0 uh, at the moment, but OKC how they're playing right now, if they keep it up, um it could be tied 1-1. Um they can keep the lead. So, what about this series? Uh how uh no, last week was it? Uh, I think this was one of your guys uh must watch uh Games for the series uh, yeah. opener so far. Uh, how do you feel about this one? Well, game one was a must watch because yeah. uh, it was yeah. a slaughter. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this game has been a lot better uh, coming in. Uh, Westbrook is back to his uh, triple-double flirting ways. Uh, as I'm talking, he's one rebound shy of the triple-double. Uh, hey, already? 30, 37 wow. points, I think. So, uh that's ridiculous. Yeah, we're, we're getting what we thought this game, this would be a back and forth series. Uh, and it's, it's turning into like we figured the hard Westbrook show. So, so I'm, I'm feeling a little better now watching this game too. Uh, that even though OKC is probably severely under talented compared to Houston, they're, they're starting to, Show some fire, so it's, it's turning into a series now. Yeah, Westbrook's just going off tonight, but uh, you know, I I still like Houston in this series. Uh, I think they once again just have a better roster. You know, better rosters win in the first series, uh, nine times out of ten. So, you know, I'm I'm still gonna go with Houston Houston to win the series without. Uh, without too much hassle, but I still think they're going to have to fight every game. Um, but yeah, I still think every game of the series is going to be must-watch because a lot of people view this as, you know, the two top MVP candidates battling it out, basically. So, you know, I I think just for entertainment value, this one has it. Um, really, for me, more than any other series, although that Boston-Chicago series is starting to... I gotta watch just because I need to see if Chicago can keep it up. But, you know, I don't think anybody, well, I didn't expect Oklahoma City to make it to the playoffs. So I don't think many people expected them to win this series. And it's mainly just because Oklahoma City is a one man show. 
They they don't have anything outside of Westbrook. And in reality, that's showing tonight. I mean, Westbrook is 36. Their next leading scorer is uh, Roberson with 10. Like you're you're just not going to be able to do that if if or if Portland can't win with two guys putting up almost north of eighty, I don't I don't think Oklahoma City is going to be able to do it with one guy. Um, yeah. Although their their benefit is the fact that the Rockets like to shoot a ton of threes, and right now they've missed a ton of threes. A four of eighteen from three, they're shooting twenty two percent. Yeah, uh, you're just not going to be able to do that if you're Houston. That's how you're going to lose this series, trying to shoot those threes and not be able to make them. So uh, that that will definitely be their demise. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else to add uh, for this series, or anything else for the NBA playoffs? No, I, I think we I think we covered quite a bit tonight in terms of the playoffs. But just 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 real real quick, only because I know we talked about it a little little last week. But based off of what we've seen so far between Russ Westbrook and Harden, do you think either of them are taking it as like a one on one matchup, make it personal? I'm going to show you up, kind of a thing. Like, do you think that's more Westbrook knowing he doesn't really have the roster than Harden knowing he has the roster and they'll probably win the series? So he's not going 150% where Westbrook's basically throwing everything in the kitchen sink at him. I don't feel like it's a one-on-one situation just because just Russ, at, him and Harden are actual friends still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just the way the way Russ plays, he takes everything as a challenge. So yeah. One intense player in the game. So it's just that's gonna be the case every night. He's gonna have that snarl like he hates everybody that's in front of him. Yeah, I can agree with that, man. No days off. Uh had a tough no loss. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, had a tough loss, uh, you know, the first game and, you know, he's almost got a triple double in the third quarter, uh, this game. So just going out there, man, doing what he has to do to get a dub for his team. So <laughs> just a competitor in him. But all right, guys, uh, next thing we're about to talk about is the New York Knicks. Uh, just what do you have? What do you think's in store for them, you know, with Knicks, with the Knicks, uh, Phil Jackson and Carmelo? Uh, how it sounds is like Carmelo's about to lose the only ring he's got, man, uh, with that divorce. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, no. That's so cold. <laughs> oh, man. Um, for the record. Tran came up with that. We Darnell and I had nothing to do with that comment that was just made. Um, we take no responsibility for Tran's actions. Oh man, I had to man. Don't shoot these messengers. Bad match. We we can personally give you his email address. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, guys, with just how you feeling, man? 
But, um, well, I mean, just outside of personal issues, which seem to be pretty stuff, it's just, you got your team president basically has been your best player for the last, since he's been there. He wants, he wants him gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when a guy has really not done anything to be a distraction in the media or on the court. Phil has been a distraction. Yeah. Uh, like the, the president of basketball operations has been the petty child in this whole deal. Like it's, it's almost to the point where I feel like Phil is trying to get himself fired. Like he's just so sick of this job that he he knows if he gets fired, he gets to keep that contract. Yeah. But if he quits, he he's not getting the rest of his money. So how how do I get the rest of my money? I'm just about to, I'm about to talk a bunch of trash and just say outlandish stuff. Yeah. Armello gone. I want I want the guy that came here and said he wants to retire Nick. I want him gone. And just, who does it? The team is terrible. I'm talking about you want somebody gone. You need to be trying to figure out how to put pieces there so you can, you know, not be the laughing stock of the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the next. Yeah. Always yeah. ridiculous. Well, I mean, I think now we can kind of look back at their offseason last year and kind of chuckle a little bit. I mean, didn't work out at all. Uh, Joe Kim Noah ended up getting suspended, and D Rose got hurt, and it's just a train wreck that we all expected to happen when they came out and said, "What they're going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference?" <laughs> so they, that yeah, the new old, big three, yeah, the new big three, yeah, the the Knicks are not a destination. I think people would actually prefer to avoid playing there. Um, I kind of feel bad for Porzingis kind of getting wrapped up in all this circus. Uh, you know, he didn't do anything, but uh, I actually like him, like him as a player. Um, seems like a good dude. But, you know, f- for me, the Knicks are starting to become just the team that everybody loves to talk about, you know, talk about their struggles, talk about their downfalls, uh, you know, but the people in New York, you know, they kind of hold them to that high standard still, but the standard's not there. And they feel their fans feel they have more right to talk trash about them than you do just so they could still have one up on you. And, you know, they, they need to clean house. They need to clean up that front office. They need to move on from a couple pieces of their roster. Um, you know, Dolan I needs to sell the team. Yeah. Uh, Charles Oakley <laughs> needs to, uh, you know, figure out what he's doing with the Knicks and they need to figure out what they're doing with him. You know, it's, it's just everything that could have gone wrong for them this year went wrong. And just sometimes you see it coming. And I think we all kind of saw it coming. Uh, Maybe not to this extent, but, 
you know, I think we all saw them struggling this year. Um, we all knew they weren't a big three. They never played like one. Uh, D Rose is on the, can I say that he's on the last leg of his career? Like, is, is that an appropriate pun? Um, you know, Joe Kim Noah had a terrible year coming into this one. So we didn't expect much out of him. So, I mean, the thing with Jackson, you know, Phil Jackson, I'm with you, Darnell. I think he's just trying to play his time out, end up getting that final check, and then he'll be done. Um, I don't think anybody really wants him there anymore. Uh, it's just a sad situation, a great basketball mind like his, having this on his record, I guess. Uh, people will remember this. They won't let it go. Um, especially those New York fans when all the Bulls fans say, yeah, well, he won us, you know, championships. They'll be like, yeah, well, he screwed us over. So it'll just be interesting banter going back and forth. Coaching and running the team are different things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, they're two different things, but you know, the Bulls, Chicago will love them. New York will hate them. And it's just going to be how it is for the rest of eternity. So. You know, it's a sad situation, but hey, sometimes franchises go through it. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta figure the next have to figure something out. I mean, one day they will. What stars? What stars gonna do soon? What star player is gonna want to go to a team where the yeah, president especially out there? Yeah, well, yes. yeah, and and that's why I think they, yeah, and that's why I think they they have to clean house. In that front office, yeah, I, the whole situation needs to just kind of hit the reset button. Everything about that franchise. Now, I came across an article, uh, it was either today or yesterday, uh, but there was an article saying that uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, should trade for Melo. Um, so we from Detroit area, guys. How would you guys feel about that? You think he would? Uh, fit well with the Pistons. Well, I think it would be what we have to give up for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it would have to be what we give up for him if it would even work. Um, they're probably going to want half the roster for him, so <laughs> therefore I don't think it would even happen. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'd be too much to fit. He's a volume shooter, uh, and that's just not what the Pistons really have ever been as a franchise. That's not what Stan Van Gundy is as a coach. Um, yeah. So he's he's not a fit to begin with. And if they wanted him, they should have drafted him. Yeah. Many years ago, that would have been the time to have him. They probably they probably would have won another championship if well, they drafted him. Or two. And, well, and, and going back to my earlier statement, but okay, being present. Throwing that dirt on them, really, what did they expect to get training practice now? Yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm negotiating with Bill Jackson, it's like, you want him gone, I'll give you a second round pick right now. <laughs> I mean, like, sure. he's talked to him to the point where really, uh, is he worth more than that to the next? Yeah. Doesn't sound like it. He's worth, he's worth that to the present operations. Sounds like garbage. He wants him gone, so I'll throw you a quarter, basically, as far as 
in the A terms would go, I wouldn't give up much if, if he's talking like that, but he wants to talk. You get rid of him and keep, uh, keep a star piece. Like get, get rid of some, some lower talent, maybe, and then see if you can ship Jackson or, or, uh, Drummond and get a couple more pieces. I guess, I guess in that way, maybe, but like Ty was saying, we have to change the way Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, guys, uh, do you have any final statements, uh, anything left to add uh, for the show before we get ready to pack it up? Yeah, uh, Trin, move on from Lance Stevenson, please. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on. Move yeah. on. That was Sorry. my dude, man. Uh, yeah, when he was originally with the uh, Pacers and left, which was trash. So I'm, I'm seeing some flashes of him, man. But, you know, with uh, Paul George talking about him, uh, sneak this and him in the uh, uh, post-game and stuff like that. So, it's, yeah. It's looking like it, man. Well, when I say until the Knicks can prove wrong, I will not even call them the Knicks. They will be the New York Tire Fire. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Uh, I'll hold you to that, too. <laughs> All right. Gladly. All right, man. Next time we uh talk about it, man, that's what I want to hear. So, but all right, guys. Uh, as always, I appreciate y'all tuning in to the show. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore Cast. Uh, you can also find this podcast on, <coughs> excuse me, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes. Just hit us up in the search engine. I um, also want to encourage you to check out my cousin's YouTube channel, The Black Scat Pack. Uh, he's back making videos now, so uh, huge shout out to him. Uh, but as always, I appreciate y'all checking us out. Y'all take care. Peace.